0: Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing this morning? My name is Matt Porman, and I am the lead pastor of Cornerstone Vineyard Church. Yeah! <laughs> that is so much fun to say. Uh, as the worship team kind of exits, I uh, want to just say I'm glad that you are here today. This has been a big ordeal to get to, to, to this day. Um, there's been, uh, how many of you know that, that I didn't do this on my own? somebody's like amen right so here's what I want to do before we jump into our teaching today what I would like to do is I would like to honor because the Bible says when there's honor due to give honor and so if you are in the room and you are a crew leader who worked your tail off over the last couple months putting this together would you please stand and we're going to give you a round of applause ready stand you're a crew leader all right let's give you God a round of applause thank you thank you, you guys can take a seat Oh man, it, you know, my wife and I, we were talking uh, this week about, uh, you know, about a year ago, we were thinking, yeah, this is probably going to happen. We're going to plant a church. And uh, we were talking this week about how, how surreal it is to be in this moment, uh, to be here today with all of you. And so just super, uh, and I was going to say I'm super pumped, but you all kind of know that already, right? <laughs> um, but I am really pumped for you to be here. And so, thank um, Next, I just wanna say happy Mother's Day to you, uh, those uh, of you moms in the room. Uh, I hope that on your way in, you got some of the, my mom has been slaving. Uh, she, she doesn't really get much of a Mother's Day because uh, she does all the stuff for the church. So um, can we just give my mom a big round of applause actually? So I hope that you got some of the, uh, which by the way, if you don't know, those things that are on the table, they're mommosas, But um, sh- they're not alcoholic though, it's okay, it's all right. We- all right, Mom Moses. So I hope you got some of those and the Starbucks drinks and the food and all that kind of stuff. If you uh, Get that stuff on your way out. That would be great as well. And then uh, if you didn't get a chance to, over this way just a little bit, there's a photo booth over there. We'd love for you to take photos with your families and those kind of things before you leave today um, and uh, post that stuff on social media, stuff like that. Okay? Um, and before we move on, we want to take some time to pray for you ladies in the room. So if you are a female, would you please stand? We're going to take some time. Uh, you don't have to be a mom today. We're just going to pray a blessing on you women in the room, okay? Uh, and so if you happen to come to church today with one of these uh, amazing women, if you wanted to grab their hand, put your hand on their shoulder. If you didn't come from with them, don't put your hand on them because that'd be weird. Um, okay, okay. And we're gonna take just a moment and to pause and to pray and just bless these ladies. So let's pray. So God, we want to pray, Father, and we invite you into this prayer, God, as we pray blessing on these women today standing here. God, we think uh, there there are so many different variations of of women that are standing, God. We think of the the moms, the grandmas, the aunts, the young, the old that are standing. God, we pray for those who are moms now and those who may be moms in the future, God, and even some in the room that maybe they're never gonna be moms. But we just pray, God, that you would pour blessing and favor on their life. God, we pray physically for them. We pray spiritually, emotionally, financially, relationally, God. Your blessing on your kingdom to come in their life. Not tomorrow, not to, but today, God. Now, they, you just come in their life. God, we pray for those who are in the season of mothering currently right now. Maybe they've got uh, young kids. Maybe their uh, kids are gr- old and grown now. But, God, we pray that if they're in the season of mothering, God, that, that you give them wisdom, wisdom beyond their human ability to, to parent well, courage, love, patience, energy. God, we pray for those who are in the, the midst of a great season in life right now. God, and we pray, God, that you would join them in their joy. But God, we also know that there are some here today that we know that they're probably going through a challenge today. And so we pray that you would be the great comforter that we know that you are to them in their pain and their heartache. God, we pray for the women who, Mother's Day is a a great, joyful time, but we also pray for those who, Mother's Day is very painful. Because maybe there's a challenge of disappointment, a loss of a child. Or maybe a a loss of, of a parent. Or, or the just relational struggles with their own mom. God, we pray for them today. God, that your blessing will be on them as well, even in the midst of this pain. God, mostly we just uh, ask God, you, you know every single woman that's standing. You know them by name. You know them uh, and every bit and piece of them, God, and we pray, God, that um, they would know that you love them today, but they also would know that we love them today. And uh, God, we just pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Women, thanks so much for letting us pray for you. Uh, Recently, we've had some people at the church give birth, and I am thankful for you women. I am man, oh man, oh man. I would not do some of that stuff. So, hey, one other quick thing before uh, we move into our teaching time. Uh, Some of you know this because we've been mentioning this over the last couple of months, but one of the things that we do uh, with all the tithes and offerings that come into the church is we take 10% of that and we put that into a fund to send outside the doors and walls of the church. And, uh, and so we've just gotten started with that, got a little bit of traction with that. We've been able to do three things actually just this last week. And so one of the first things we did is we contacted the school here at Moran Elementary, said, hey, uh, it's in the news a lot. There, there's these schools who can't, there's students who can't pay their lunch fees. Do you have anybody in the school that's like, and I said, yeah, we've got about seven families and we would love it if, you, if, you, if that, you guys would want to do that. And so I wrote checks and dropped them off last week and we paid all those lunch fees for those kids. <laughs> And uh, the teacher that takes care of it was, was very, very excited about that. So, um, and then we also asked them, they said, hey, actually, we, we provide snacks for the classrooms, and we would love it if we would have snacks to help get, get us to the end of the year. And so uh, this is Stephanie Stanger and her kids. They brought those into Moran and into the wagon, which, by the way, is super cute, um, and brought those in and uh, blessed them with that. And then uh, next picture is going to come up. This is uh, over at the Foster Closet, over at North Point Vineyard Church. We we called them and said, "Hey, what needs do you have that we might be able to help with?" And they said we're really, really low on diapers. And we're like, all right, we can go buy diapers. So we went and bought a bunch of diapers and took them over there. Um, and then they also said, we need, we're actually short on a couple of tables. And so it'd be really great if we could have a couple of tables. So we ordered a couple of tables. Those will be coming in, in for them, uh, hopefully this next week. And so uh, I just, I tell you that stuff, because how cool is it that uh, not only do we get to have a church, but we also get to bless people in our community who I think God cares about those organizations and what they're doing, the school and foster parents and those kind of things. So I appreciate your generosity toward the church already, because we're able to just do things that I think really honors God and he's going hey that's good and so I want to keep doing some of that stuff so give yourselves a round of applause for that so I appreciate that oh you guys didn't do a very good job with that no all right if you have a bible you can turn to first Peter chapter two that is where we're going to land today for our teaching you're also welcome to use your smartphone if you'd like to look up the scripture that way and to get us started, I wanna start with this. Uh, how many of you, uh, maybe if you, when you were in elementary school or maybe when you were at a, uh, like a, a family reunion picnic or something like that, have ever been a part of or participated in a tug of war? Anybody ever, yeah, a good, you good chunk of us, have, we've, we've experienced the tug of war, been part of it. And so because we've been part of a tug of war, we, we know what it's like. Uh, we also know that really to be a successful tug of war team, you gotta have a really good anchor, right? You gotta have a really beefy, big, burly guy like this. Yeah. That's actually a picture of me from last summer. Um. (laughs) I actually saw the pictures of me, and I'm like, that dude's arms are as big as my head. It's crazy. (laughs) So right, like obviously, if you if this guy's at the end, right, he he's your anchor. You're, you're likely you're gonna win, right? If he's at the at the anchor uh, part of the rope, and so really the the idea that I want to get to and kind of kick us kickstart our, our time together, uh, and the teaching is that really we wouldn't want to do life, we wouldn't want to do a, a, a tug of war without an anchor, and really we wouldn't want to do much of our life without anchors as well. Uh, I was just thinking about Mother's Day, and uh, I know that my mom was sitting in the front row last service, and I was like, I wouldn't wanna do life without my mom. Uh, my mom is amazing, and I wouldn't wanna do it. My kids definitely wouldn't wanna do life without their mom. Uh, we'd be eating lots of ramen noodles. Um, <laughs> but uh, I actually was thinking this week about my kids. My, uh, my kids, every time they need something, guess who they call? Mom. And so they're like, Mom, Mom, and she's like, your dad is sitting right here on the couch. Would you just ask him a question? He's right here. He's not inept, right? So just like that, a mom, a mom in many households, I know, like, right, and we, we understand the whole headship thing and I'm the head of the household. and thing, But man, my wife is an anchor in our house. So I was thinking about other circumstances, cir- uh, situations where anchors are important. I was thinking about in cars, right? Like seatbelts. Seatbelts are really helpful, right? Uh, I was in two car accidents one night my freshman year of high school. The seatbelt is what saved my life that anchor was helpful. I was also thinking about an obvious one, like, you know, boats, right? If you don't anchor the the boat to the dock very well, what will happen? It'll drift out to deep water, right? I mean, the anchor, the anchor is important. So all that to say, uh, what we're gonna head today is that um, there's value in being anchored and what, what we personally in our lives are anchored to, what we're gonna see today is very, very crucial. It's very crucial. A couple of scriptures. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. How many of you know if you're gonna stand firm and let nothing move you, you gotta have a pretty good anchor? Ephesians four fourteen, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. See, with the right anchors we we won't be blown here or there we won't be tossed back and forth we our life will not always be in turmoil because we'll have an anchor Isaiah 28:16 so this is what the sovereign lord says see i lay a stone in zion a tested stone a precious cornerstone for sure for a sure foundation the one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic well that's interesting and see, this text, in this particular text introduces this concept uh, of a cornerstone. And if you don't know, the cornerstone is actually the very first stone that is, that is put in place in, the, in a foundation. And we're gonna see why it's important later, but, but it's the first stone that's laid. And this particular verse, bring that verse back up for me one more time, would you? But uh, this verse, it actually says, not only is it the, for the sure foundation, but it goes on to say that, that it's uh, the one who relies on it will, look at this, never be stricken with panic. How many of you want that in your life? Yeah. And see, how well we are anchored is very, very crucial. And so what we're gonna look to, at today in First Peter, I think it will give us uh, a reasons to dig deeper into why and how to do that. And so I'm really pumped to, to talk to you about that today. Um, so we're gonna look at first Peter chapter two, but before we do that, I'm gonna give you a little bit of background. So the book of First Peter was written by the apostle Peter. And if you don't know, he actually was called The Rock. He was actually an anchor himself, which I think is why it's relevant. We're talking about that. and We're talking about Cornerstone today. But he wrote this letter to a, a group of churches, church communities that were um, kind of first facing persecution because uh, they were mostly non-Jewish Christians and they were facing persecution from their, their Greek and their Roman neighbors. And so Peter wrote this letter to them to encourage them, to, to really encourage them in what mattered most, which ultimately is Their anchor. And so we're going to pick it up in verse 4. It'll be up on the screen as well. It says in verse 4, it says, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, the stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a cornerstone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. So the title of our message today is Cornerstone. It's an anchor thing. I actually should have put fang on there instead of "thing." And so what I want to do today is I want to talk about a couple of things that I see in this text that uh, it suggests the choice of our anchor, the choice of our cornerstone, not only is important, and of course I'm going to suggest spiritually mostly, but not only is it important, but it's actually important to implement now. Every day. So before I give you a couple points, I want to pause and pray. So if you would pray with me. So God, again, I am humbled the fact that we get to, to be together in this place, in this auditorium, to launch Cornerstone Vineyard Church today. But God, uh, I am not satisfied just showing up and going home. And so Father, I pray that your spirit would be thick in this room today and that you would speak to our hearts our minds, our souls, and make them sticky, and supernatural things would stick to us. God, I pray that you do something great among us. Take what I have to share today and, and, and just multiply it 10, 20, 30, 40-fold, God. We give this time to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, we have two points today. Here's your first one. You can write this in on your handout. Choosing our cornerstone is crucial because the end product will be affected. The end product will be affected. As I was studying for this message, I, I noticed a couple of key things pretty quickly as I was in my study, and the first one comes out of uh, verse five, and it says, you also, like living stones, are being, and I underline this, being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, and I noticed this idea of being built up, to, to, to being built, because right if, we're, if something is being built, it means you have to start somewhere, Right? Like, you, you can't just snap your fingers, like, you know, I mean, even like the movie Aladdin, right? is coming out. I, I'm super pumped by that, by the way. I almost cried at the previews uh, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I was just thinking, like, it's not like the genie and just snap your fingers, right? You, you have to start somewhere. It, it's gotta have an anchor point. So I was, I was mulling over that in my prep, and I was reminded, like, this last winter, uh, well, before that, my wife and I decided that we would uh, buy a house that needed a lot of work, which wasn't great because I'm not so great at the whole like house stuff, right? And so we decided that we'd do this so, though, and so we had to some projects and those kind of things, and we laid 1,700 square feet of vinyl plank flooring in our house. And there'll be a picture that'll come up on the screen. This is in my kitchen. It actually looks pretty good. Um, There's a few little mistakes here or there. My uncle's here today, he helped me with that a lot. Um, And uh, uh, made less mistakes with his help. Um, But I was thinking about that because I remember when I first, if you've ever put in plank flooring, really any flooring, uh, you know that you have to start in one corner. You have to start with the first piece And everything else builds upon that first piece. And I was so frustrated with that one piece, I couldn't get it to be right. Like, I'd put it down, and then it would shift, and it would move, and all those kinds of things. And so it was was a hard time, but then we got going, and building, and building, and building, and building, we built off of that. And so if I can bring back this idea of the cornerstone, right? Not only is it the very first stone that's in place, but by definition, it's the most important one. Right, because the definition says that all other stones will be set in reference to this stone, thus determining the position of the entire structure. (laughs) How many of you know when I laid the first piece of my flooring, I didn't get it quite right. And at the end of the line, there was a gap. And, And because, see, the first stone, everything else went to that one. And so there was a gap at the end. And so everything depends upon that cornerstone. So if we can transition that to our lives, right? If If we transition that to you and me, I was thinking, okay, if our life, like a building, is being built, then that stone, the thing that we're building our life on, the thing that is the primary goal of our life, that matters. It really matters. And so what's the stone in your life? What's the stone in my life? I think it's a good question to consider as we're sitting here on a Mother's Day in 2019. What's our cornerstone? I think for some, sometimes we can go through life, and it can be a career. All right? We can we can go. Okay, I'm, I'm living. I'm living for this career. I'm, I'm working hard because I, uh, uh, you know, I, I've heard people go. You know, I can sleep when I'm dead. And so people like go after the career, go after the promotion, go after the highest job, go after. Uh, you know, I'm working for retirement. I want to live. I want to. I'll, I'll start living later in life, and the career becomes the cornerstone. Or for those of you who are students in the room uh, where, you know, you, your, your cornerstone can be, I, I want to I be known by as many people, I want popularity, I, I want to know that people know me, and I want to know other people, and, and you know, there, there's this whole, like, thing culturally right now where uh, there's this fear of missing out, and so, like, it can be my cornerstone is, like, I, I want to know, and I want to know people that know me, or, or maybe, maybe it's sports, and, and everything is in your life is consuming, and, and it's everything is sports. Sports are great, by the way, but sometimes it can be a cornerstone. Or maybe even sometimes it can, be, um, it can be things like people. It can be friends and family and caring for each other. You know that sometimes if, if we make those our cornerstone, it can turn into codependency. And, and the goal of our lives, folks, the, the, the thing that we are meant to have as our cornerstone, it's actually in our text in the second part of verse five. Bring that up. It says, you are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. See, we are being built into a spiritual house of holiness. That is our goal. I was expecting an amen right there. All right, good. <laughs> See, that we can so easily put some things into our cornerstone slot and, and they'll, they'll be off a little bit and things will affect the end result, the end product. So the question for you and me is this, what are we being built on? A couple of scriptures, Galatians 6. says, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows Whoever sows sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap, look at that, destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit and spiritual things, that cornerstone from that spirit will reap eternal life. And so what have we sown? What have you sown? What's your cornerstone? What's your anchor? What's your go-to? Maybe you've heard this saying before, but there's a a saying out there that says, uh, to be successful, you need to begin with the end in mind. You ever heard that? Begin with the end in mind. And folks, we would do well, you and me, if we would begin by by realizing that we need to wake up to the fact, wake up to the fact that our goal is not, uh, our goal is not to, to have the career or to do much of the, which by the way, much of what happens in our life today won't have much significance. But you know that what will have the most significance? Our cornerstone. A couple of scriptures. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the, the day of salvation. Not later, now. James 4, 14 says, what, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. See, in the grand scheme of things, of eternity and really the rest of our life, which really isn't that long, see, a mist disappears pretty quickly. Have you ever done like had a spray bottle and you sprayed a little mist? It's there for a second and then it's gone. And so, we would do well if we would, for, the, for as, as long as we can, and, and what we have left in our life, to lay the foundation of a trajectory towards a holy God. I'm going to say that again. Thank you for that. <laughs> we will do our best, well, while we still can, to lay the foundation towards a trajectory towards a holy God. That's what matters most. And so, I think there's probably three, three groups of people in the room today. There's probably some of you like me, and you're saying, yeah, Matt, look, Jesus, the, the, the Savior of the world, he's my cornerstone. I made, that was a decision I made years ago, and, and, and I, uh, you know, I, I'm there. That's great. And so here's what I would, I hope you are. But here's what I know, at least that what's happens in my life, is that sometimes it's easy for that anchor to get shaky, So if I can go back to the the boat thing, right? Like after, like, you know, if you've ever seen a boat, like sitting on a dock, right? And the waves are just coming in and they're crashing against the boat, crashing against the boat, crashing against the boat. After some time, like those ropes might just loosen up just a little bit. And sometimes, Christians, those of you in the room, that sometimes we can drift out into waters that we don't want to be and we don't even know it. And so, if you're a follower of Jesus here today, what I'm going to ask you is to ask yourself this question where is your holiness level today? How, how anchored, how solid is your anchor in Christ today? Because maybe it's good and awesome. But I know in my life, there's sometimes where I got to go, mm, I got to tie up that anchor again. I got to bring it back. It's easy to drift. Second group. Second group, um, I'm just going to be up front with you. I'm going to get brass tacks with you today. Um, and somebody's like, mm, preach, you're going to preach, right? Um, I know in a group this size, the reality is there's probably some of, someone in here today that you think you're a follower of Christ, but you're not. You're not. You, you've not fully surrendered your life to Christ. What you do is you come to church every few weeks, and you check a box, and you go home. How many of you know that's not a relationship with Jesus, that's coming to church, which by the way, coming to church is a great thing, we need to come to church, there's a reason for that God had the mechanism of the church, but, but a relationship with Jesus is saying, okay, I'm no longer, we already looked at this a couple weeks ago when we were uh, looking at this, up, but I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. When, when, we are, um, when we say, okay, you're in control, I'm no longer in control, not just coming and checking a box and doing church. And so for some of you here today, you maybe, maybe you need to fully surrender your life to Christ. Make him your cornerstone. And which means that you could actually come to church every week, because Matt knows. <laughs> <laughs> but come to church every week. Start reading your Bible. I know that there's this thing out there culturally right now It's like, oh, the Bible's an ancient book. No, the, the Bible is... The breathing, living word of God, and we need to read it. So don't just think that you're a father. Get into the word of God. Pray. Be in a relationship with God. Letting all of Jesus affect every aspect of your life. He should, he should affect you emotionally, relationally, physically, financially, spiritually. All those things, all of that is what a real relationship with Jesus Christ is about. Now, not being perfect at it. But striving for perfection as our heavenly Father is perfect. Actually, I had a gentleman this week come to my house. Well, I think there was a season of his life. He's been living uh, the season of his life where he was uh, what was you could probably say is a fan of Jesus rather than a follower of Jesus. And he came to me and he said, "Man, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to get into the Bible, but it's confusing. Can you help me?" So yeah, let's just talk about that. And so we gave him some resources, those kind of things. And saw him this morning even here at church and, and he was like, hey, I, I watched the first video online. It's really good and whatever. And so he's digging deep into this thing. So he's, he's on the trajectory towards being a follower, no longer a fan of Christ. So maybe that's where you are today. Third group. It's probably a uh, third group of people that you came to church today and uh, just because your mom's like, hey, it's Mother's Day, you're coming to church, <laughs> Right? You better dress up too, right? <laughs> so maybe for you, you you've maybe, maybe you've never heard the name of Jesus. Maybe you've heard about Jesus, but you haven't really been interested in him. I was actually in my neighborhood this last week and inviting people to come to church. And, and uh, one of the neighbors, uh, I was trying to hand him an invite card and he goes, yeah, I'm not religious. So I was like, yeah, I'm not either, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not religious. I just have a relationship with Jesus. And we have people of all kinds of walks of life come in the door. And so maybe for you, you just haven't really been interested in Jesus. Maybe you're not religious, but today, as I'm talking, you're going, yeah, I, I want my life to turn out. I want the end of product to turn out really well for you to get there, folks. I'm telling you, and I, and I know you're going, well, you're a pastor. You have to say that you, wrote, you, you know, took an oath or something. No, I believe it. I believe in the fact that to do that, to get where you need to go, you need to have your anchor, your cornerstone in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And here's the reality, he chose you long ago. Take a look at the, the verse 9 of our text. It says, But you, you are a chosen people. You're chosen by God. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. You mean a ton to the creator of the universe. A ton. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. So maybe today is your day to make Christ the cornerstone so you can get to the end product in which you desire. See, he wants to take you out of this darkness and he wants to bring you into this wonderful light. This amazing, wonderful light. You should write this statement in on your handout. Acquiring the the life we hope for requires starting, staying, and ending with Jesus. It means anchored into Christ, starting, staying, and ending with Jesus. And here's the truth, folks. We don't have to be great to start because none of us are. We don't have to be great to start, but we have to start with him to be great. You can actually write that down. I didn't have that as a filling for you. We don't have to be great to start, but we have to start with him to be great. If we want to get to the end product we desire, we have to start with Jesus, stay with Jesus, end with Jesus. So that's point number one. Choosing our cornerstone is crucial because the end product will be affected. Second thing, you can write this in. Choosing our cornerstone is crucial because it influences our emotional stability. Our emotional stability. I like those little emojis on the Post-its there. Again, as I was studying this text, I noticed a couple of things pretty quickly. This next thing was in verse six. And it says, for in scripture, it says, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen chosen, impression's cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will, and then look at this, never be put to shame. And I noticed that word never, which, right, it's hard, sometimes I'm like, oh, well, I'll never do that, right? But this has an absolute in the scripture that never be put to shame. And so I noticed that right away. And I actually looked it up in the original language, and it also could also mean to never be disappointed. Ooh, wouldn't that be nice? See, our cornerstone influences our emotional stability. And if we think about it, that we, we, this makes sense to us, right? We, we understand it, right? Because we understand that what we anchor into is gonna affect us emotionally, right? So if we go back to the career thing, if our career becomes our cornerstone and we're doing nothing but working and, and, and nothing but like literally waking up, going to work, going to bed, getting up, doing it over and over and over again, how many of you know that's gonna affect us emotionally and our stability? No one at the end of their life ever says, man, I wish I worked more. You know what they you know what people say at the end of life? Man, I, I wish I would have worked less. I, I w- wish I would have been able to do more, uh, spend more time with my loved ones. I wish I would have been able to do the things that I love to do. I actually found a couple of interesting stats this week from mentalhealth.org. It says, more than 40% of, em- of employees are neglecting other aspects of life because of work, which may increase their vulnerability to mental health problems. Second thing, when working long hours, more than a quarter of employees feel depressed one-third feel anxious, and more than half feel irritable. You ever been there? My family knows when I am. They know when I'm working too much because I get irritable with my, with my kids. And it's not their fault, it's because it's me. And it affects, it becomes, when that becomes my anchor point rather than Jesus himself, I can get very irritable. Now, I don't want you to get me wrong in this today and say, oh man, Pastor Matt said we don't have to work, we're free, right? <laughs> we're good, we're gonna relax. Right? The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat, okay? But what I am saying is we need to be careful, folks, of what we're putting in as our cornerstone, and our, if our work is our cornerstone, it can affect us negatively emotionally. And if we continue on this line of thinking for a moment, I, I don't think that work is the only thing that can trip us up. I think we can also get tripped up in the, in the things that we invest into in our free time, which really isn't a whole lot of free time anymore, right? Because every single one of us, <laughs> primarily, uh, are in front of TV screens, computer screens, iPhone screens, and, and instead of, um, and also by the way, we're like binging, binging Netflix, uh, watching, watching stuff on TV, or buying stuff on Amazon. You know, I think Amazon's going to take over the world or something, <laughs> right? And so you, you've heard me say this before if you've been around in the last couple months, but we are living, folks, in a truly relationally bankrupt society, and you know why we are? Because of those things, because of the fact that actually there's, researchers are actually telling us now that that mental health illness is actually on the rise in 2019, and they're citing, you know what they're citing as one of the major factors? Social media. Social media, because you know what we're doing? Is we're actually more concerned, more anchored into those things, and concerned about how many likes we're getting on Facebook or our Instagram posts, rather than being with you. People can actually be at a table with each other at dinner and not have a conversation. It's amazing to me how much, I'm guilty of this too. I'm not saying, oh, bad you people, like I, I do this. It's amazing to me how much this has become a cornerstone in our culture. I was also thinking about how sometimes we can get tripped up in um, keeping up with the Joneses, you know, living the American dream, right? And we, we have so many bills coming into our mailboxes that really we get depressed just walking down the, the driveway, because we know we can't afford the bills we got. See, what anchors us, influences our emotional stability, and I don't know about you, but I, will, I want to be emotionally stable. Now, I know some of you are going, Matt, good luck, right? <laughs> but I want to be emotionally stable, and we all want to be emotionally stable, so really, begin with the end in mind. It take, We gotta go back to what we're starting our life with, starting our day with, starting all of that stuff with. Look at Colossians 3.2. It says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. That's a a pretty clear command, clear direction on a cornerstone. And then if we do, it says that in Philippians 4, 7, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, that's what we're talking about. Who wouldn't want more of that in their life? The peace of God guarding my mind and my heart Proverbs three, five, and six says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, not my ways, his ways, and he will make your path straight. See, that's what God does. So I was trying to figure out how to communicate, how I work on this in my own life. And so every morning, after I read my Bible, uh, I spend about 20 minutes or so in prayer with God and sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more. And one of the things that I pray for, it'll actually be a picture that'll come up on, on the screen of my uh, excerpt from my journal. Um, one of the things I pray for every morning is the fruits of the Spirit. If you don't know the fruits of the Spirit, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And, and I pray for those things because how many of you know that if I can actually have the Holy Spirit who lives in me, by the way, wash over me with those things, I'm gonna have a pretty good day. And the people around me are gonna have a pretty good day. And so I, I pray for those things, but underneath that you see that it says emotional intelligence and it first says Leah because she needs that more than anybody else with me. But I pray for emotional intelligence. On top of that, I kinda add one of those because uh, some of you know that I have a uh, I grew up with an alcoholic dad and, and there are certain things in, in our lives that um, you know, we, we either embrace or reject our environment. And so with the alcoholism stuff, I was like, dude, I'm not doing that. I'm staying away from alcohol. I'm done with that. But you know, I still caught a couple of bad things from my dad. And one of them was he had a, he had a short fuse. And I caught the anger short fuse from my dad. And so what I need to do in the morning is I need to pray, God, help me be emotionally intelligent with Leah, with the kids at work, God, and when I'm at Walmart, because here's what I need. I, I know that I am bent towards sinful things and I'm bent towards being angry. And so God, I want you in those moments, I want you to have the Holy Spirit take me over and be, could be my anchor and help me. And I cry out to God for him to change me every day. Now I will tell you this, I'm not perfect at it. Just ask Leah, she's right here, she'll tell you. She said amen, (laughs) by the way. (laughs) But I will tell you this, I've been praying that prayer for a couple of years now and it has made a difference. It's made a difference. I'm gonna get ready to close. To do that, I wanna wanna share a definition that I found of Cornerstone that I thought was interesting for this point. It says, Cornerstone is the head, since the loss of the head destroys life. That's kind of deep. Let that sink in for a minute. The head, since the loss of the head destroys life. See, because when we lose our head, when we lose our emotions, right? When, when we no longer have the mind of Christ, see, what can happen is that things can get messy really fast. And we can, the the life can get sucked right out of us at that point. So I want you to write this in on your handout. Being spiritually anchored helps us keep, helps keep our head in the game. Being spiritually anchored helps keep our head in the game. I I want my head in the game. I know you do too. So we got to be anchored spiritually. So that's point number two. Choosing our cornerstone is crucial because it influences our emotional stability. So recap. Choosing our cornerstone is crucial because the end product will be affected. It influences our emotional stability. I, I hope that as I've shared those things today, that you've been, uh, I've given you a couple things to chew on this week, uh, to consider for your own life, uh, maybe caught some of the broader strokes and, and concepts as well. Um, and really, the, the key point is, man, a cornerstone, it really matters. It really matters a lot. Why don't you stand, and we're going to enter a time of worship and some prayer. If this is your first time with us, let you know what we're going to do. Uh, the worship team is going to do a song, and it's kind of a responsive worship. What we, what we try to do is we try to uh, let God uh, take what we've just heard and, and walk through over the last couple of minutes and see if there's not something he wants to do significantly and specifically in our lives. So just be listening for God and the voice of God um, in, uh, in your life and see uh, maybe if there's something he can do. And then we're going to give you a couple of areas that we're going to pray about at the very end. So uh, let's, let's do this song together.